Couch Potatoes, welcome back to another episode of Rabbit Ears. I've got with me this month my friend Nicholas Haskins from the Nikolai's Kitchen Podcast. Nick, what's up, brother? I miss you so much. I know. Even though <laughs> we we've I mean, I've been on the show probably almost more than maybe maybe not as much as Dan, but you know, a lot. And, you know, of course you do Better Call Saul with me during live stream mm-hmm. for the cure. And that's always wonderful. But I just I feel like we don't talk enough about enough TV shows. So I'm always thrilled to be back. Oh, I'm so excited to have you back. I feel like you and I have really good discussions, especially about dramatic series, which today's episode is going to be about. But like we talking about Better Call Saul or Breaking Bad, like stuff like that. I mean, granted, we do have the lighter stuff, like with some Parks and Rec and Arrested Development. But it's really nice to kind of hear your opinions and your thoughts because you're so eloquent and you have such a, like, not necessarily different perspective, but you provide like a different um, kind of outlook and help me like understand different things about the show. I said different like 15 times. I'm going to hate myself. (laughs) (laughs) This review is going to be really different. Uh... (laughs) I fucking hate that. I'll listen to myself. When I'm editing and I hear things about myself that I get so annoyed with, like that I run on sentences forever and talk really fast and don't let people speak. <laughs> it's just say like 50 million times. It's I am just the worst. I'm There's sorry, everybody. Something. It's always like whenever you listen to yourself back during <sighs> editing or whatever, it's like, oh, my God, it's it's so like even I've been doing podcasting for so many years now and I listen back still like to my stuff and I'm like, God, I sound terrible. This is cringe. You're horrible. <laughs> yes. God, why do you waste your time? This is going to take me an eternity to edit. <sighs> Idiot. Yeah, it's very. I'm surprised anybody listens to me and I appreciate it. And any of you that are listening with kids in the car, do not do that. Uh, this All of the podcast episodes, including the cartoon episodes, are not safe for work or kids. Just throwing that out there. 
I had one of my bosses decide that she was going to put on my podcast like right when I first started working there oh, and her kids no. were in the car. She thought Futurama <laughs> would be a safe thing. Oh, no. <laughs> she was like, you said fuck like three times in 30 seconds. Wasn't that Caleb like, on that episode too? Um, no. So Futurama was he who shall not be named, a.k.a. the ex, and oh. uh, fucking John Davidson from oh, Now in Technicolor. Man. Oh yeah. man! Oh, so that was an old school rabbit ears. Then. Oh, it was old as fuck. Yeah, wow. that was wow, from wow, the wow. archives. Wow. Yeah. It still Any- though. <laughs> I mean, yeah. Who who knows what was said? <laughs> it could have been literally anything. That was a dark period in my life, anyways. And now yeah. things are so much brighter and. Oh better. my god! It's like <sighs> pinch me. Good. It's so good. That is always amazing. I'm always like, I love, you know, you and Dan are, are my favorite couple to see updates about whenever you guys are, whenever you guys are doing your things. Cause I, I absolutely, I mean, I love Dan anyway. I mean, I absolutely adore Dan. Um, but you know, I love your beautiful face too. You're amazing. And you guys are amazing together. And I always love hearing more about you guys. I really do. I love our story. It was so cute. Cause like, there's so many things that had to fall into place for us to even meet each other and like interact. And it's just like, I'm not a big believer in fate or like shit like that, but it's just like, it was a very slim chance that we ever would have been in each other's lives. And now he, we are, and it's nice. I like it. Yeah. It's so cute. That's, and I mean, it's, yeah, I, it's, <laughs> I, I love that kind of thing. I'm going to take credit for it, though, because if I hadn't started podcasting, Dan wouldn't have started podcasting. (laughs) And if Wesley hadn't started podcasting here, I never would have started podcasting. So, like, it's you and Wesley are ultimately to thank for our bliss. Thank you, Nick. (laughs) Thank you, Wesley, wherever you are. He just just reactivated his Facebook account because he just randomly friend requested me the other day. I can't keep up. No, No shade. I I try to keep up, but it's I'm just gonna stop talking. People there. got Anyways, too much Nick. going on. There's all there's just so much so everybody's so why is it that when we get to be older, like especially this age, that I'm 41, like I have never been this busy in my life. I and I think like and I, I'm not it's not even live stream season either. Like live stream season is a whole beast unto itself. I am so busy. Oh, I'm not busy at all. I have the fucking chillest life ever, man. I work like 30 hours a week and I hang out with my dogs and I putter around in the garden. I binge like the amount of TV I've watched just in the last two weeks is sickening. It's absolutely insane. And oh then, like, my God. There was one Sunday. It was so good. I think Dan, Dan was still in Pennsylvania visiting his parents. So I had like the whole Sunday to myself and it was like thunderstorming outside and I had like a little candle going and I was crocheting and watching Big Little Lies which like is a whole Sunday afternoon vibe and like crocheting a blanket like it was just ah I have a really good life that's amazing I'm so it makes me so happy to hear like just how happy you are and just how amazing you and Dan are I just it makes my heart so happy it really does well, you're a happy motherfucker, too. Let's not front. I'm happy to see you and Rebecca happy, too. Uh, we're celebrating one year on the 4th of September. Are you so, really? Yep. So uh, I'm really, really excited. And I mean, I'll be moving in two months and we'll be Dude, that's big. living together. And uh, yeah, it's uh, I'm I'm really, really excited. I, I just I 
you know everything about like everything that's happened with us just feels right and like this move to ithaca feels like the right choice and like i just you know like ever since i met her she has just been the most amazing blessing to me she's been so kind to me so good to me she believes in me she supports me she lifts me up when i'm down and like it's like like you know how like you go through your entire life and you have relationships and we'll talk about relationships a lot tonight so this is somewhat tangentially related to big little lies percent we're opening the fucking exactly curtain. let you guys peek behind the curtain so then when we start to rip on all these fictional characters you'll oh, have some context as to why we're feeling God. the way we are but yeah like i mean it's it's it, you, you go through like and i'm a writer too so like i've written all all sorts of stuff about love and relationships and stuff and like my whole life like if i had known that this was what an actual relationship was supposed to be like like i never would have fucking had one but then like i guess like you look at it from the other perspective like you know granted it was a lot of shit i had to go through in a lot of different circumstances but you wouldn't have been able to appreciate what you have now the way that you do yeah. you wouldn't have been the same person that you are now exactly a hundred percent yeah it's like you've, you've almost like you know uh, and again i'm a writer so i've got to use like me metaphors and stuff but it's like you know you've got to get you've got to get you know worked like steel or something like that you know you've got to get forged or something like that and then you know now you get to this point where you've just learned so much and you've grown so much and then you just meet your person and then you know you get to you know plan on building a fun amazing little life together where you just get old and go on adventures and stuff it's so good. Dan and Rebecca are going to kill us this episode. Well, they, Dan, definitely. I don't know if Rebecca will hate hearing us talk about no, this. No, I don't. I don't think Rebecca will because she and I just she and I are very, very uh, ooey gooey and stuff like how you and Dan always say you want to kill each other and stuff. Yeah, like, we say the opposite because we can't stand to hear nice things. Yeah. See, that's me and Rebecca are just kind of like and I think just coming out of the places that both she and I came from, it's just like we that's that's just that's just we're fine with it you know we're like yep let's be as ooey gooey as we want to <laughs> we've been waiting our whole fucking life to have an amazing relationship like this where you know i just all i want in my entire life is just to make her life better that's literally all i try to do every day is just make her life better well congratulations to you and aren't we both glad that we don't have relationships and lives like the motherfucking people in monterey jesus christ oh my god and oh it's so bad so many things to discuss there is i'm gonna just real quick um is there anything tv wise or if you want to talk about movies that you've seen recently that you would like to discuss for a moment uh, i have watched nothing literally i i fill all my time uh, reading about food, doing food research, working on my show, or playing Minecraft and recording videos for Minecraft for my YouTube channel. That's literally all I do outside of like spending time with Rebecca. Like, I mean, literally, I I just don't. If I have something on, it's YouTube videos, mostly about Minecraft, or I'll watch his show that I've already seen like a dozen times. Like right now, uh, they just added the Venture Brothers to HBO Max. So I'm binging back through the Venture Brothers because I absolutely adore it. So yeah, I mean, but I, I watch so I watch nothing these days. Like, you know, I quit doing a movie show and like, you know, COVID just killed movies for me. It really, really did. Like, because, you know, Rebecca's daughter still isn't vaccinated because she's too young. 
you know and now with this delta shit raging across the country like i i i re-upped it and we went to see in the heights and theaters she and i did and then i reactivated my a list for amc and i was like oh yeah i'm gonna start going back to the movies three times a week like i i love the movies and i do love going to the movies i really do but then like i just got so busy and i had so much to do and then this delta stuff cropped up and i'm just like well i just don't i'm not comfortable with it again you know so yeah and i canceled the a-list thing and there's not even an amc in ithaca so there's no point in having that amc membership anymore because i'll be moving in two months and i won't have any use for it for the rest of my life (laughs) burn it to the ground as a great man once said so okay well i'm gonna freaking make up for you so in the last i want to say two and a half three weeks i watched i binged all of the prince which is an hbo show it's kind of like a dark take on the royal family cartoon and overly satirized Mm. um i watched all of white lotus also on hbo that was a mind fuck there was a couple times where like i screamed in shock to where the dogs were freaking out (laughs) um i started this is related so today just today i watched the first four episodes of nine perfect strangers which is david e kelly's newest show it's on hulu um jury's still out on that and then i watched two and a half no yeah two and a half seasons of dawson's creek and three and a half seasons of career enthusiasm i mean my god (laughs) (laughs) i'm a psycho Oh my god. I mean, this is what you do while Dan's playing Magic the Gathering, isn't it? Exactly. And talking he about plays... Magic the Gathering on his podcast. He likes to be in there. We'll we'll watch like one or two things together. Like Saturday during the day is usually our day to like watch whatever he's got to watch for his podcast and then whatever else we might want to watch. And then like maybe a little bit on Sunday. And then there's like usually one weekday night where we'll watch something together. But for the most part, like he and I both enjoy doing things independently and having that time to do whatever it is that we want to do and not yeah. have to be up each other's butts. Like, cause we moved in together and then two months later, fucking COVID shut down everything. So I, we're used to seeing each other 40 hours a week and then it went to 24 seven. So we don't, we don't need all of that time together. Cause I'll probably kill him. I mean, that's, that's, that's perfectly understandable. I mean, but I, I love that kind of thing too, because that's very much how Rebecca and I are. I mean, even though we're still doing distance and stuff right now, because I haven't moved yet, obviously, but you know, she definitely has her things that she loves to do. I have my things that I love to do. And the wonderful thing about it is that she's never encroached on any of that or whatever and champions it, supports it and, and, and loves it. And it's, it's so good to just be able to do the thing that you want to do by yourself, recharge, do whatever you want to do, and then just to have your fun together, whatever that fun is. It's always amazing. It's so good. I love it. Okay, so I did this look back at the year 2017. We were originally supposed to record um, the day after Dan's birthday. However, I'm now counting that as a cursed day because that was just it was not it was not a great 36 hours. The dog was sick. Dan's boss had COVID some fu- oh my dad had a non-emergency trip to the hospital that I had to take him to and pick him up at when I was already at work it was just like my blood pressure was up so we delayed recording for a couple days um but I do still have the Dan's birthday in mind when I'm mentioning all the stuff that happened in 2017 so this is that year through the eyes of Dan Brennick so the tv shows that premiered <laughs> 
<laughs> I know you're scared, aren't you? Oh, no, he's looking at me. <laughs> I'm bracing myself right now. Okay. So the TV shows, we had Glow, Mindhunter, The Punisher, and Castlevania. Uh, the movies, we had Spider-Man Homecoming, The Ritual, What Happened to Monday, and his favorite, iBoy. Hmm. Um, music, these, I literally only know... <laughs> Three fucking songs. No, four songs that came out that year. And it's like an Ed Sheeran song, two Taylor Swift songs, and a Sam Smith song. <laughs> and then pop culture-wise, at the Oscars, La La Land was announced as Best Picture winner, but it was actually supposed to go to Moonlight. Oh, man. And then there was a lot of really rough shit in 2017 that I just want to briefly gloss over because like, it's really dark and I don't necessarily want to go there. Um, but we had the Las Vegas shooting, the Me Too movement, and then Hurricanes Harvey, Irma, and Maria crushing Texas, Florida, and the Caribbean, respectively. Mm. But we also had Netflix shaming people for watching The Christmas Prince. Um, to quote them, they said, to the 53 people who've watched The Christmas Prince every day for the past 18 days, who hurt you? <laughs> <laughs> Oh, my God. I fucking love that. Uh, All right. So Big Little Lies um, aired from 2017 to 2019 for two seasons, 14 episodes on HBO. It's rated an 8.5 out of 10 on IMDb and was created by David E. Kelly. It follows the apparently perfect lives of upper class mothers at a prestigious elementary school as they unravel to the point of murder when a single mother moves to their quaint beach town. This fucking cast is stacked. Um, Just like the most notable actors on the show, we have Reese Witherspoon, Nicole Kidman, Zoe Kravitz, Laura Dern, Shailene Woodley, Adam Scott, Alexander Skarsgård, and in season two, we get motherfucking Meryl Streep. Right. (sighs) Okay, so Nick, let's just like start with the overall first question I always ask. What do you love about this series? Uh, You just mentioned it. This cast. This cast is insanely talented and they make every well for the most part anyway there's there's some stuff we'll talk about in negatives i'm sure but you know for the most part like they make all of this so compelling and so watchable that even if you've seen it before i feel like it demands your attention like it 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 demands that you pay attention to what's going on. I mean, this it has its slower moments. It has its slower scenes for sure. But it, it's this cast. They are incredible. Whoever whoever it was that, that, that went out there and got this cast together, Reese Witherspoon, Laura Dern, Nicole Kidman, Zoe Kravitz, and Shailene Woodley, whoever it was like those fought, like that is perfection. Absolute it's so good. perfection. I would have never thought to put those five ladies together in this kind of like dynamic situation, but it works so well. Yeah, it it really does. And then you you flesh it out with the with the supporting cast, which is is all absolutely phenomenal as well. I mean, we'll we'll talk like so much about so many of them, but I mean, this cast is is just insane. It's it's literally insane. So like Every time I watch this show, one of the things that sucks me in, like, aside from the characters and their development, which you mentioned, like, they do a fantastic job with all the characters and the development. But, like, the setting, Monterey as, like, the scene as, like, an extra character, there's a vibe to this show that just, like, 
I feel in my bones. Like I, everything about this is so aspirational, like how it looks, like all of the privilege, everything is just what you would want. But then the juxtaposition of everything that they're actually like dealing with is nothing anybody would want, which I love that dichotomy. And I also love getting to look at like everything in Monterey, like these coffee shops, these fucking houses these women live in are insanely gorgeous. The scenery is just beautiful. Like, like they wake up everything. in the morning. How many amazing shots are there of them waking up in the morning and just staring out these gigantic picture windows at the beach and hearing waves crashing and everything? It's like, oh, my God. <laughs> I know just read there's like one scene in the second episode where like Reese Witherspoon is just standing it like looking out the window drinking her coffee in her yoga clothes now like god wouldn't it just be the life to where you woke up had your coffee looked at the ocean got to go do yoga for the morning like that was the fucking that was your day that sounds amazing and then and then the 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 worst part about that is when you turn like that island in that kitchen is bigger than my whole kitchen and our kitchen is huge. It's huge and I adore it. I love it so much. But Jesus Christ, the kitchen island alone in the Mackenzie house is massive and it's I want huge. it. I need it. You can put an entire fucking Thanksgiving dinner for 20 people out right? on that island. Right. Like, it's I insane. Need it. I need it so much. <laughs> Oh my god! And like Renata's back patio area with the sunset. Oh my god! Yes. Like I mean, just and like even like Celeste's house with like that giant outdoor like patio that like what there's like a big walkway that like goes down like to these bluffs that overlook the beach. Like it's uh, it, insane. Like I mean, just insane. <laughs> and then even the bridge they are shown driving over so many times. Like that's mm -hmm. just so gorgeous and and like the coffee shops like the season two coffee shop where it's like the open air like with like the wicker and stuff mm -hmm. it just looks like someplace that i would like spend an entire day and just be so happy me too although i miss the coffee shop from the first season i don't I know do why too. they didn't bring it back i i guess they wanted to go in a different direction for um jane's love interest which i thought tom was could have done a better job than the other guy but it's fine yeah and i mean he's fine that, that could have even worked too like you know they could have like had them like quickly okay well it, it didn't work out like i wasn't ready like she obviously because she's not ready in the second season whenever no. she does start you know seeing uh i can't remember his name right now <laughs> i have no idea what his name uh, is but she she obviously is not in the right place that she needs to be to be in that relationship so that can just be like i wasn't ready i wasn't ready i wasn't ready because of course then they would be dealing with the immediate aftermath of the lie because that was like their first date at trivia night yeah so you know but they still could have had like because obviously like he knew madeline very well he knew celeste very well um you know knew gordon like as a kind of antagonist to him a yeah. little bit so i don't know maybe maybe they wanted it to be like gordon flexed his power and was like oh nobody's coming here anymore and it got closed or something i don't know did they Fuck even mention guy. it i don't remember if they even mentioned no it. It, they didn't mention anything about what happened to that coffee shop it was just shit got switched in season two which i guess it's fine maybe whatever it doesn't matter it really doesn't it's it's that's and that's the kind of thing when it comes to negatives with this show that's what it is it's it's you're picking the smallest of nits you're you're literally finding like minute little bits to 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 pick out and be like oh why they do that 
you know, because like the overall thrust of the show and like the overall arc of both seasons and and a lot of that is really, really, really good. It's I mean, my other thing that I love about the show is the pacing. I feel like everything is revealed at just the right amounts to keep you interested, to keep the story propelling forward. And there's not very many scenes or very many story arcs to, in which I'm not grossly invested. Yeah. I love I love how everything happens in the show. Like in the first in the very first scene, we're seeing that like there's some tragedy that's happened. There's been some murder, but you don't even find out until I think the last episode of the season, even who was murdered. Yeah, so it's like that whole there's a whole mystery with that happening. There's like this mystery behind Jane as this new woman in town and whatever her backstory is. You know, it's something dark, but you don't know what it all is yet. Yeah, <sighs> I love it. There, okay, I, Nick, oh. who are some of your favorite characters on the series? Uh, oh God, where, like, and and it's it's probably my favorite character, even though I I can't stand her. Oh. I hate her character, but I love Laura Dern so much. Yes, that I am just obsessed with Renata Klein. Uh, because. Like she is the one that like you know is is the CEO and she's the one who like it, she has that great moment in the second season where she's like I will not not be rich like that's her <laughs> character in a nutshell like she like literally this whole entire lifestyle and her status is literally everything to her I hate the character so much even when like they have you know everything that happens and she kind of becomes like like. She's like she's basically an, an antagonist in the first season for for mm -hmm. all intents and purposes like she's very much set against the other women but you know even when she kind of gets brought into the fold like I I hate her the whole time but Laura Dern is so good as Renata Klein that I'm obsessed with her too like I can't help but absolutely love her at the same time and Laura Dern like can we just say how fucking fantastic Laura Dern looks like whoever oh did God. her wardrobe in this show jesus christ <laughs> that's the other thing like the wardrobes everybody looks so fucking oh good my like god oh it is like all of the stuff that you see on social media and you go i wish i had that life but then like you don't know like it's it's everything that you would ever ever want in your heart of hearts to have to like have around you and have like you to look like and your husband to look like and your house to look like and everything is just so good i think they do a really good job though of kind of painting the other side of that picture too though mm -hmm. because it does present that really really great facade and that's of course a lot of what this show is is this facade of this perfection of this just upper class like you know privilege and everything but then you get to see the ugliness underneath it to where you're exactly right on one hand you're like god i really wish i could have that house i really wish i could have that husband that wife that job that whatever at the same time you're just like jesus christ i don't want anything to do with any of these people's lives i would never go anywhere near any of these people holy fuck they are insane you know yes. it treads such a good balance between those two things that I th and there's some characters that are far more grounded and far more down to earth than some of the others, but 
yeah, like there's this this kind of thing. It's like, and I, I I liken this, and just kind of because I'm talking to you about it, I'm it's easy to make this correlation. But there's almost like a little tinge of like a Real Housewives kind of thing to this. I was thinking that a hundred percent. I'm not even fucking with you. yes. It, where you're watching these people, and it's just like, why are you so fucking insane? Like you have literally everything you've like the, everything in life. Like some of the characters have worked really hard for it. Some of them have just been given it or whatever in between. But the, there's just so much dysfunction still. Uh, and, yes. and I always love things that, you know, dissect things like this. Like uh, American Beauty is a film that does, you know, a similar thing to this where, you know, you look past that veneer of like the perfect family, the the upper class, the the wealth and all that kind of stuff. And you really get to see the dysfunction and and all of the the darkness that kind of breeds beneath everything and all the all the inherent just shittiness of some of these people. Just wow. Some of these people are shitty people. <laughs> They really are. Like Renata. I, wanna, <laughs> I love Renata. I didn't love her like the first two thirds of the first season. But once she and Jane kind of like the ice melts between them and you see the softer side of her where she can be like funny and joking and at ease, I really started to like let her in. And then in season two, her character gets so much to do. She's given such an arc. And she is, I love the moments where she like, screams and just like lets it all out mm-hmm. and like maybe if you showed a woman a little respect or mm-hmm. somebody give a woman a moment like she is just she has had it with her dipshit husband she's worked her ass off and now she's got nothing to show up for she is fucking pissed and i get that yeah it's it's and if this were only a one season show if, if this had only ever been the first season she probably wouldn't be my favorite character but it's she gets so much more fleshed out and she gets so much more meat to chew on in the second season she has such a great character arc in the second season and you get to see a lot of that vulnerability that underlies that character and going back in for a rewatch of this i remembered all that and i carried all that with me you mm-hmm. know, so even while you're seeing her really over dramatically react to, you know, getting her eye poked, you know, like, <laughs> it's just like, I I still find some way to sympathize with her because, you know, you just know what's coming for her, you know? Yeah. And I, there's the whole thing with like Amabella getting choked and then like the party invitations and then like it gets so savage between her and Madeline mm-hmm. where freaking Renata's just on the phone with Madeline like offering to take the fucking kids to Disney World or whatever if they'll just come to her daughter's party and it is so fucking pathetic and Madeline's just so cruel she's like twisting the knife like no that won't work I'm like this these fucking bitches yeah oh it's uh, i mean can we talk for a moment about amabella's parties because jesus christ how much money did they spend on those parties like holy okay, shit, there so, are huge gift bags and stuff that they're giving away huge. at every one of them <sighs> so on the real housewives this is on the real housewives of beverly hills taylor armstrong threw a fucking alice in wonderland tea party for her five-year-old i want to say the total cost of the party was like seventy thousand dollars, so it's Jesus probably Christ. similar to that, which is wow. yeah, asinine. Just, I mean, 
Like, and similarly, uh, Taylor Armstrong's husband, his fucking company went under and he was bankrupt after shortly after that. Oh, my. That's I just fucking it's so similar. You're not wrong. Oh, God. I just love it. I. OK. I love it. Who else do you love character wise? Because I have three other ones. Oh. <sighs> I'm looking, I'm like, I'm looking at the character list and what I'm trying to do is I'm kind of trying to figure out who I like more, uh, more than, more than, more than not. And I'm going to, okay. So I'm going to, I'm going to do this because we love Parks and Rec so much. I've got to disqualify. I got to disqualify him. I've got to, because he, no, he's good. He's so amazing. He's so, so amazing in this show. Um, but I think he's too easy of a choice for me to make, so I'm not going to make him. I'm going to disqualify him. He is the him. best human being on this show. He he really is, and I, he is in so... season two especially. Like there's, <sighs> he has that whole arc that he goes through, and like I was talking to Rebecca about it. Like you know, like I would never be able to be in that position that he's in. Mm-mm. You know, like I would never forgive infidelity. Like it's not something that I'm capable of doing. I know I'm not, but like. You really see it really well from that character's perspective that, like, literally he's married to the girl of his dreams. And, like, I love that at the end of it when he's like, let's renew our vows. And, like, that scene where she's dancing around in her wedding dress and he's like, you can't just wave a wand and make it go away. But that was pretty fucking close. Like, that's such a great fucking scene. Such a touching scene between those two. But he's too easy for me to pick because I love him so much as Ben Wyatt that I would default to him. You know, no. Okay, so let me. No, in the first, I just rewatched the first two episodes again today, right before we recorded, and this was already on my list. But there's like in the first episode, Madeline spiraling out about fucking Bonnie and Nathan, and he's like, you know what you just said about like all this stuff. We're gonna have a pretty big fight about that, but not now because you're having a bad day. (laughs) And then the next day, she's fucking spiraling, spiraling again. He's like. You know that fight I promised? Here it is. Yep. She's like, no, you're the one. He's like, shut up. Like, he is not a fucking pushover. He is not going to fucking take it. He's going to stand up for and demand the kind of treatment he deserves. But then when he's fucking going to meet with Nathan and he's got like, he's dressed like such a fucking road biker with his like helmet with the mirror. <laughs> And he looks like such a nerd, but he like stands up to Nathan and like tells him the story of like this bully. He's like, and I still hope that someday somebody's going to talk, you know, sideways to me and I'm going to get the chance to fucking beat their ass so I can like make myself feel better at being bullied as a kid. Like he has such a backbone that you would not expect from the typical character in this position and i just really enjoy how he articulates himself i enjoy the standards that he expects and demands from the people in his life i enjoy like stupid little moments like this is i think madeline and celeste were on the phone and celeste was like yeah we're having steamy sex whatever on the kitchen counter and madeline like gives him a look as he's coming in the room he's like oh downstairs bathroom do not go in there <laughs> it's just like he's so real i love he him is. so much he, and it has nothing is. to do with ben white and it has everything to do with this character and i just love him i just i love i love adam scott so much that i that i, that I just i can't i i just carry too much of the ben wyatt over to it but i think i think you're exactly right though i think he has a lot of strength uh, in this uh we'll get to negatives though because i don't like nathan at all no. watching through especially this time like holy fuck did i hate nathan watching through this entire thing i he's so passive aggressive all the time 
I I really wanted Ed to just lay him out. <laughs> I did too. <laughs> really, really, really did. Like, and he's just like, I I don't I don't know what it is. Like, it's like he's still just so desperate to have some kind of you know connection back to Madeline or like like well and we find out in the second season that you know his relationship with Bonnie's really probably not all that we might have thought it was but yeah I hate Nathan so much he's <laughs> really, just very really you can tell he's insecure and he's got like that fragile male ego thing going where like he's just threatened by anything that's different from him and he kind of like throws these little side jabs at people and expects them not to fucking pick up on it and then yeah. like acts affronted when they call him out on his shit and he's just like he's a yeah, gaslighting asshole ed knows exactly who he is and ed basically just calls it like i love that kind of like toward the end of the second season where he's like can't we just not like each other like why is it so important that we like each other like let's just not get along you know like yeah. it, like we don't have to sit here and do this like i and i love that so much about ed that ed is it's like you said you said it perfectly he's very very real you know and it's kind of that kind of thing you aspire to be like he's not fake and i feel like nathan there's a lot of fakeness to nathan i feel like yeah i vibe with that um two other characters that i love one is one that i love to hate um but before I go to that one, Chloe, I think that Madeline and Ed's daughter, Chloe, is such a trip. Yep. Like, she's such an old soul. She loves her music. She's got, like, her mom's kind of meddling tendencies and her dad's, like, go with the flow, carefree kind of vibe. Like, she is such a cool fucking kid. Mm-hmm. I would hang out with that kid. Well, yeah, like, that same bluntness and that same kind of matter-of-factness. Like, she's a really good hybrid of the two of them. And, yeah, that, yes. that's one of my favorite performances in the entire series. Like, everybody focuses on the adult female cast, obviously, because they're all just such incredibly talented women. But, like, the kids, like, just some of the kids are also really, really fantastic as well. They're awesome. Um, And the character that I love to hate is Mary Louise. I feel like Meryl Streep's character is a perfect hybrid of like the mother-in-law that is kind of like not clued in or acts like she doesn't see things. But then she sees very clearly like the shadiness of the Monterey Five. Like she is fucking savage as hell when she has interactions with them. The looks that she gives them cut to the bone. Like she is not fooled by any of that. However, she's completely fooled by who her son actually was. So like she's frustrating for me in a lot of ways. But I also really got such a chuckle out of a lot of the things that she did. Yeah. And I mean, it's (laughs) so it's hard because it's Meryl Streep. So it it just adds like there's there's a reason why she's just literally one of the greatest you know the greatest people who has ever been in this profession. Like she is she just she's so transformed into this role. Like I love the, the it's like you said this the small like she's not passive gra- aggressive. She's really active aggressive in in like different circumstances like just the jabbing little quips. It's like the perfect kind of mother-in-law sensibility like you mentioned like mm-hmm. mentioning like Celeste's medication and things like that. And just like just those little things or like the 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 notion that she would of course of course she would get an apartment in uh Ziggy's and Ziggy and Jane's apartment building. Oh my god. You know, and then just like oh th- yeah. I mean it's the fucking just... way she 
talks oh. to Madeline is just like she's like you're very short I don't like short people I had yeah. a friend who was short and she was a terrible person I was like this fucking bitch <laughs> oh my god and of course like every she always catches everybody in their moments where they're at their worst like Renata is spiraling with Madeline and she's like cussing up a storm and of course that's right when they run into Mary Louise and she's just looking at her like Hmm, I see the kind of person you are. Mm-hmm. It's just so good. I yeah. love them. I I mean, it's it, it it it's one of those things where like I I don't know. Like, there's part of me that's torn about it. Like, it's like I want to have more Mary Louise, but I also think we get the perfect amount of her. Like, I think that's just loving what Meryl Streep does in that role so well that I just really wish we had more of it. But at the same time, it's like she would have not fit into the first season you know not at all so it's it's you know i i just yeah i i agree with you completely though she is such a fantastic character like in the in the in the season finale you know like just that confrontation that she and celeste have in court where she finally gets to see like what perry really was like i mean and that she was responsible for him turning out that way like that fucking shit like the season finales for the show are mm-hmm. so fucking good. Like the buildup is excellent to get you to the point, but then the fucking execution and the payoff is so satisfying. Yeah. It's so good. It explains so much. Like I fucking love it. Yeah. I, I, I 100% agree. I, I'm trying to, I'm looking at other characters. I'm trying to think like, there's just, there's so many other characters that I love like a lot. Like I love to hate Madeline a lot. Reese Witherspoon oh, yeah. is Reese Witherspoon's brilliant in this show. Can we just say it like, yes, brilliant. Absolutely. Just spellbinding. Like she makes Madeline so unlikably lovable. Like you literally, you hate her almost every time she's on screen, but then she has such great vulnerable moments where you really feel so sorry for her and you really feel like you, you kind of almost understand why she is as defensive or as aggressive as she is like toward the world and towards some other people. Like it's kind of mesmerizing how well Reese Witherspoon's able to encapsulate all those different layers, like in a single scene. Like there's this, there's like, there's so many single scenes in this show where you probably simultaneously really hate her, but also really love her at the same time. Yes. A hundred percent. She has like one quote that's like, I love my grudges. I tend to them like little pets and like her holding on to these grudges and being so antagonistic is super frustrating for me. But then when she acknowledges that and kind of embraces it, I'm just like, okay, well I can't be as mad at you for that as I was because you know what you're doing and it's just something that brings you joy. So, I mean, I guess roll with it. Yeah. You psycho. <sighs> <laughs> she is a straight up fucking psycho. She, she really is. And I mean, you know, like to touch on like other characters, like it's, I mean, I guess it's tough to talk about, you know, Jane or Celeste or Perry without really like getting into like a lot of the really darker aspects of the show, like the physical abuse, um, the rape and like all those different things. But I did not see either of those reveals coming. Like, first of all, finding out that Celeste and Perry had an abusive relationship mm-hmm. and then really seeing how fucking dark that got. Mm-hmm. I didn't I did not expect any of that. And then like 
the whole slow reveal of Jane's history and then the finale reveal that it's fucking Perry that was her abuser and Ziggy's fucking half brothers. Like, what? My mind exploded. That's probably one of my favorite performances in this entire series, too, is at Trivia Night. When when Jane sees Perry, like, Charlene Woodley's performance is so fucking good. You, She doesn't say a word and, like, just this, just the look that she gives, like everything is written on her face like it's so perfect like all of the trauma is just right there and yeah. it's 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 literally brilliant like i mean and then I, when celeste sees it uh, on her and she's just so fucking heartbroken but also yeah. furious it's just like oh i mean it's it, it's it's my like i said to go back to the just who who was it who was the beautiful person who put this cast together and said yep 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 like did all the screen tests and everything and we haven't even talked about zoe kravitz yet no and and there's so many other like you know smaller characters that we still haven't talked about but just whoever it was that assembled this cast chef's kiss it's <laughs> it's brilliant like this cast is just incredible absolutely incredible they're all so fucking talented and they each bring like their own acting strengths and bring so much depth to each of these characters. And like the script, they already have so much to do like with what's already written in the script, but then they bring their talent to it. And it's just like so fucking enthralling. Yeah. I love this show. Yeah. I, I, I absolutely adore this show. And I mean, I mentioned Zoe Kravitz in there and it's kind of, She's kind of the the least used. She's the, she's underused, I think, in the first season. But Jesus, yeah. does she get a lot to play with in the second season? Like her and Renata have the most to do. I feel like in the mm-hmm. second season, like and the I best feel like arc. that was they almost kind of tried to balance the scale a little bit when they went into writing the characters for the second season because they're like Renata is definitely just an antagonist for the most of the first season. You really don't get any. Like, uh, not a lot of real depth from her in the first season. No. Same thing with Bonnie. Like, she's just seen kind of in as, an, as an antagonist to Madeline. And, you know, you're, like, half of the time you're thinking that Madeline's just crazy or whatever. But then you can kind of also understand, like, how it must feel as a mother to have this younger, sexier, cooler mom come in who, you know, Abigail as, you know, somebody who's blossoming into womanhood would maybe gravitate toward you know and that makes her ex-husband be everything that she always wanted her ex-husband to be like it just fucking kicking the gut man yeah i I get it she should have i mean i'm not gonna say she should have moved past it but she should have moved past it by this point it's been 15 fucking years i feel really bad that madeline can't be satisfied with the amazing life that she has right that and like that's like when you when you think about it it's one of those things in the show where it's it's written in such a way where you can't oh yeah they must have gotten it must be very recent for her to still be so emotionally invested in that no 15 years ago <laughs> <laughs> like what the fuck like and yeah if i'm ed like i mean again like ed married the girl of his dreams like madeline is by far the girl of his dreams mm-hmm. you know and if like if you're ed like imagine like you feel like you are second class you feel like you finish second all the time yeah he said speaking is the consolation prize like we're gonna have a big fight about this later 
just i mean like imagine that and then you know imagine you're a person in ed's position who is very successful owns his own company like obviously owns that absolutely amazing house because she just works part-time at the theater like so everything that they have is definitely ed's so like just imagine like in that mindset that madeline's so like unhappy with her life unhappy with her marriage and then we haven't even talked about the affair you know just i mean this dumb bitch (laughs) this dumb bitch like she literally has it fucking made great kids great husband great house doesn't have to do shit that she doesn't want to do nice friends that she gets along with that her life is so good she has to fucking pick fights with other moms for how they treated other people's kids yeah I mean, you know, the the one thing, you know, you know, the thing that makes me the maddest about Madeline and it's all through the second season. There's these little scenes that play out with her and Celeste in the car where it's all about she like she continues to she continues to make the abuse that Celeste suffered about her. She continues to be like, I'm so sorry. I didn't realize like I was your friend and I didn't notice like trying to evoke sympathy for not realizing that she was in an abusive relation. It's like, Jesus Christ, Madeline, everything's not about you. Thank you. Thank you. A hundred percent. So characters that I didn't like, you kind of mentioned the affair. The only characters that I came close to not liking was uh, Joseph and his wife, Tori. I just like... What was what I would, was what was her plan exactly? Was her plan to legit just like fuck Ed in front of Joseph and like just like turn him into a straight cuck? Like was that her plan? <laughs> she I don't know that she had a plan. I feel like she And who's her fucking therapist by the way that basically tells her to go get revenge fucked? Yeah. <laughs> what the fuck? Yeah, she was really fucking aggressive in season two. I mean, holy shit. Like, and I mean, I get like, you know, like the, 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 you know, you're the, you're the one that's been cheated on. You're the one who is, you know, been affected. Like I've been there. Like that's how my marriage ended. Like, so I completely understand it. I completely get it. Like, but at the same time, like that's not fucking healthy. Like, holy no. Shit. <laughs> and like that's the thing it's like who the fuck is your therapist like because i can't imagine it's the same woman that celeste has as the therapist no and oh my god some of those fucking nicole kidman and therapy scenes are just so fucking hard to watch but also you can't tear your eyes away like the first time that she and perry went to therapy i did not expect for them to end up being like mostly honest and i thought that they were really going to be able to move forward and get to healing and that got shut down pretty much that same night like they got in another physical like fight and yeah that shit got scary yeah i mean it really did and i mean it's just it was really it doesn't shy away from it for for the most part like it doesn't and it doesn't it knows it knows as a show that it doesn't have to show it to you all the time like you know it it just needs to imply most of what's going on but it does have some pretty like visceral stuff in it and and, and i mean it's it's fuck it, it i mean it's 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 hard to, like even on a rewatch even knowing it's gonna happen it's yeah. it's really fucking hard to watch like it's it's very 
very effectively done. And I mean, we haven't talked about him a lot, but like Alexander Skarsgård, much as you absolutely, absolutely fucking hate Perry, uh, is fantastic in the role. Like he's 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 really fucking good at conveying yeah. it. It's like, like the insecurity be- he has. You oh know? my god, he's so fucking like you said insecure like anytime she's doing anything like without talking to me so that's the whole thing is like why didn't you discuss this with me why didn't you tell this to me like he just wants to exert control over this beautiful smart independent like self-assured woman he needs to control everything she does in order for him to feel good about himself yeah it exactly. is so fucked i mean like i mean she is she is so smart she is like just she and you can tell just i mean she was an attorney you can tell she has this fierce individuality and this fierce kind of strength about her and everything and like when you watch their relationship on screen you have to think when they show you the abuse like how long this must have been like how long this must have gone on for him to have broken her the way that he has you know, like, I mean, this is like, this is not something like when you watch this, that, oh, this, this must have just started or something like that. Like, no, this has gone on tell. for years and years and years. And I mean, like Nicole Kidman, too, like, I mean, just the 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 scenes where, you know, like she's she's in like the in the abuse scenes, like, I mean, just again so effective so good at conveying the terror that she must feel in those moments uh like, like i mean like you really like as a viewer of the show like you like you want to like literally like leap into the tv and just clock this motherfucker oh like, yeah like you it, he makes you so angry because she is just so terrified of him uh, I, it's it's so so perfectly so effectively done i mean it i it's it's literally television doesn't get better like it it literally doesn't get better like there are shows that i love more like overall but like in terms of like production performance all those kind of things writing it doesn't get better it really 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 doesn't i love that there was like parts in their relationship where you expect her to be hit and like kind of back down but she does fight back like Mm -hmm. a few times and like i was so satisfied when she fucking broke his urethra right yes like that's one of those like stand up and fucking applaud moments during the show you're just like god damn right but then he comes home and like so calmly says to her like you're lucky i didn't kill you like that was so chilling Mm -hmm. so scary and then when he gets the fucking text or whatever from her um fucking apartment person saying like they need to be like basically he finds out that she's got her own apartment and he just says it to her so nonchalantly you know she has to get in the car with him to go to mm-hmm. this trivia night oh it your is just heart like drops your your stomach like, in your butt literally like, holy shit like <sighs> it, it, and it's like terrifying because you have seen so much of what this character is capable of at this point you have no idea like what could happen you know anything could happen and then like he drives past the fucking entrance to trivia night and you're like oh shit she's dead she's mm-hmm. done like thank god for renata right <laughs> that bitch fucking <laughs> saved her life like for real oh my god i mean ah, uh, there's just okay so, so let me see what are so some of much. your favorite moments or arcs or anything like that throughout the series <sighs> favorite um 
let's see. We've talked most about a lot of them already. I was going to say, most of mine have to do with Renata, like, losing her shit. Anytime she just, like, screams and just, like, lets out her emotion. Like, she finds out about Gordon or whatever and is driving home with him in the car and she's just like flipping out on him and like kicks him out of the car and mm-hmm. like drives off and then knows she has to pick him back up like I fucking love I love when she went fucking ham with a baseball bat on his train collection oh, like that was so perfect. satisfying how perfect is that moment where literally he is so fucking smug in that moment oh, too such a dick so fucking smug like oh yeah oh they know i can take care of it better than anybody else so i get to keep it like he's so proud that he has destroyed literally their entire life they have to give up their home they have to give up so fucking much he's destroyed her like reputation and everything he's which fucking the fucking nanny oh my and God. that comes out in bankruptcy court like the fuck stress how, management yeah, how fucked is that like how oh fucked is that that God. comes up in in uh stress like she just says it like so not stress management and she was so nice renata was so nice to juliet when she was leaving like giving her hugs i'm like i already want to fucking yank this bitch's head like backwards so bad because i know what's coming oh my god like i just like it just like and and watching through and just because they don't get enough in the first season like it really just again it's it's that same ripple effect that you get for renata that also works for gordon like you don't really get a whole lot of gordon in the first season except for that one point where he fucks uh renata in the bathroom and they have that that's actually kind of a nice touching moment where she's like you actually made me feel desired like you know like you didn't just want to fuck me just because you wanted to have sex like you actually desired me like that's such a great little moment between them but jesus christ is like bonding like getting closer yeah so they say in the first season they mention like that gordon's a perpetual fuck up but we really don't see that until season two like season one he's pretty benign yeah uh, like yeah you're absolutely right that's an absolutely fantastic arc i think that bonnie's arc like when nathan calls her mom because he doesn't like she's not communicating to him because of the lie and everything like calls her mom and like that whole thing where her mom and dad come and like her mom has the stroke you get the revelation of all the abuse that she suffered yeah, and everything which is why she fucking lost it when perry was fucking beating the shit out of celeste like She's lived with that kind of abuse. Of course she fucking pushed him. Which and that's in terms of in terms of writing for this show, I guess it's as good a moment as any to mention it, probably, because we're talking about overall arcs and stuff. The writing is so good because I've never been angrier with five characters in a television show than when they decide to lie. Because there's no reason for them to lie, but because of who they are, because of the characters they are, and because they're trying to protect their status and all these different aspects of this, they come up with this lie that literally shatters all of them. It's like, it's so, I mean, and I'm a sucker for tragedy, you know this about me, but it's so fucking tragic the way that like they take and like it's a terrible situation like and like i mean just in terms of like watching like once you finally get to see the large part of the altercation between perry and the the monterey five like how terrifying it is that literally there's five women there trying to fight him off but he's just so 
aggressive and strong and violent. Like he's able, he's, he's kicking all of them, throwing all of them, knocking all of them knocking around. Knocking them off like flies. Right? Like it's, it's so terrifying. And then like you have that amazing moment where Bonnie shoves him down the stairs. It's like literally jump off the couch, fist pump. Fuck you, motherfucker. You're dead. Thank fuck. Holy yes. shit. And then they concoct the lie. They concoct the lie. And they like Detective Quinlan has that perfect line about it. Like where the other detectives like so self-defense case like he was attacking them and they, you know, pushed him and, you know, self-defense. Yeah. So why lie? So that's my question to you. Why lie? I think it was just a knee jerk reaction. Like that fear that fucking I don't know. They could be ostracized from Monterey society, maybe, or like, you know, like in terms of like, think about how important status is to Madeline or Renata, you know? Yeah. And it's Madeline mm. who basically pushes to make everybody lie. And she's the last one that it she really fucking starts to admit that it's affecting her because they're all so isolated, Mm -hmm. even though they've all decided to tell this lie together. But in their own lives, they're so isolated because of this lie and how it's like gnawing at them and just breaking them down yeah that they just basically have to get to a point of not being able to take it anymore before they admit that it's killing them like it's such a smart decision from a writing perspective and for these characters from a character perspective but jesus christ it's like it like when it's you so think frustrating. about character moments in television shows when you're so fucking angry with characters for making some of the choices that they do and i know talking about some of the other shows that we have in the past i know we've had those moments with other characters on other shows but like whole like the whole time you're and even in a, even on a rewatch it's like don't lie don't lie don't lie as if you can somehow sway the outcome of it I as know. a viewer like but you're just like if you only wouldn't lie like but I if mean, they didn't lie there wouldn't be a season two and that would have sucked yeah we wouldn't have gotten mary louise which jesus Ugh. Can we just say how iconic that fucking scream at the table is? Like right? the kid's reaction and Nicole Kidman's reaction. Mm-hmm. Like when she just starts screaming, it's like my favorite gift to use. I love it so much. I uh, just, I mean, just, I, I mean, again, Meryl Streep is an absolute fucking <sighs> legend for a reason that, and that's how you do it. Right. You know, you already have a cast of literally some of the most talented women on the planet. And then you up the ante. You bring Meryl Streep to the fucking party as well. It's like, Jesus Christ. <laughs> it's just a fucking... It, it's an... What is it? An excess of riches? Is that? I don't Something, know. I, I, uh, I, I, I know. I'm picking up what you're putting down, but I can't okay. think of the actual statement. All right. So is there anything that you would do differently with this show? So there's... And I thought about this a lot when when I was thinking about like us talking about this show too. There's one thing about this show that I really really dislike. And that's only in season 1 cuz they don't do it in season 2 and it's in a way the unreliable narrator trope that they use because what they try to do and I like the way so to to paint it with this caveat, I like the way that it plays against your expectations. Like David E. Kelly writes it in such a way that 
he makes these other people that are at trivia night, all these people that know the Monterey five are giving these testimonies about them and basically giving them character traits that maybe are true. Maybe aren't, maybe are exaggerated, maybe aren't, but they're giving you a definitive picture of who these women are before you ever meet them as a viewer. Mm -hmm. And then it checks against your expectations of what those people said. And then to borrow a line, I mentioned it earlier from American Beauty, look closer. You look closer at these characters and you realize that there's a lot more to them than what these characters are saying. But I don't, I think these characters are so well written. I don't think that you need it. I don't think that you need it. And it gets, especially as season one drags on, like maybe even if you just want to set it up that way in the first episode or something, I don't think you need to do that in every single episode of the first season. I think it gets, a, I think it gets really, really like once you start to meet these characters and start to kind of unravel, like the, these are, they're these people that are giving these testimonies are painting in really broad strokes. Right. Like it just, it, it drags for me. And it's like, stop doing it. I don't care. I don't want to listen to these people because you like, as a viewer, you're just like, okay, I know enough about these characters by now. I get what you're doing. Stop doing it. I get that. That's fair. I didn't, that didn't detract too much for me, but like, I get what you're saying. Like yeah, it's it, an, it's it was very effective in the first episode before we got to know the characters and then it became less and less effective as it was reused. Yeah. Is it when it deconstructs it and like, obviously like from the get go, like you obviously get a much different picture of these women than these people are telling the detective. So it's great. Like I said, to play with that to a degree, but then like it, they do that through the whole first season. Like it literally yeah. never stops in the whole first season. And it just gets to a point where it's just like, it's no longer needed. And it's just kind of excessive at this point. Like you're still like sitting there, like cutting in these like outright falsehoods or, exaggerations or whatever about these characters and it's like okay but i've met these characters and i'm far more interested in seeing them continue to develop than hearing what like whomever has to say about them yeah joe blow from fucking down the street yeah although one of my favorite and i mentioned like my favorite line probably from this show is the fucking principal when he refers to renata as the medusa of monterey oh my god <laughs> Is that when he fucking, she's like telling him that he's a smoker and he's like, yeah, I'm a smoker. I'm going to go. I know where the kids can't fucking see. Yep. Yep. That's that. That's the, that's the aftermath of that same scene. I love the, I love the principal so fucking oh, much. Man. Oh man. He's such a fucking dork. Like he's such a dork for school, but he's also like so fucking, could you imagine having to deal with all of these fucking Monterey oh moms, God. like being the nexus of attention from all these fucking people. Like, I would fucking lose my shit. Right? That guy is a fucking hero. There, this is why he has a secret place to go and smoke where the students can't see him. That's exactly why. Because hundred percent. Imagine the stress and anxiety from that job. Imagine. I it. couldn't. I couldn't even. <laughs> okay, Nick. Who? Wait. Do you have anything else that you want to talk about? I know we've been kind of broad, but this show, like, it's easy to get sucked into every minute detail. But I feel like we've covered a lot of the stuff that I really wanted to discuss but is there anything that you still want to talk about i mean not really no i mean i think that this is one of those shows where its strength is just in the strength of the performances of its cast and again that not even to mention all of the supporting characters that support the monterey five but those those five actresses 
they're literally brilliant like literally brilliant like the i mean it's just next level kind of acting like you watch it and you're blown away by like how invested you are in a character's journey simply because of their performances yeah 100% 100% like I believe that they are all these women like even though these are like fucking household names like everybody knows who these women are they still manage to disappear behind these characters and become these characters yeah. which is beyond impressive given their recognition yeah it, it it absolutely is you're exactly right I mean it's just it I mean it's literally I mean it, you 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 think about you think about a series like this and you know there you can i mean i'm i'm blanking on an example to think of right now but i know that there are examples in television history where you kind of have like a extended mini series or mini series like this where you stack it with a huge a list cast and it just doesn't it under delivers like it just doesn't deliver what you expect from like this caliber of talent and whatever but this show doesn't fail literally at all across the board it doesn't fail Uh, everybody delivers beyond their a-game all the time in every scene and the writing is absolutely just magically perfect most of the time and can i can i can i pick another knit i'm gonna pick another knit yeah what asshole mixed the theme song for season two because they fucked it up it's not as good as they mix in the first season that's all i'm gonna say about it the first season is so like it's so perfect and like even hearing it like that was how i first wanted to watch the show i just heard that song and i was like what is this like it's such a great song and it's it's so perfectly done for the intro of the first season but they remix it or something it's just not it's not cut off the same way and it's not mixed the same way in the second season intro and it's just not as good why why didn't you just use the same exact fucking version that you had from the first season I have no answer for that. I'm sorry, that. that's my that's my nit to pick. That's a I mean that's totally valid. Okay, Nick, who would you like to marry, bang and kill from Big Little Lies? This is funny cuz Rebecca actually asked me this the other day too. Cuz she knew like she know she knew I was going to be I was going to be recording this with you. She's like, "So who's going to be your who's going to be your 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 marry?" <laughs> I feel like <laughs> mine mine is not ground shaking. There's no like sh- earth shattering fucking choices on mine so but i want to know who you have well my mary um it's be it's be it because of all the reasons that you mentioned earlier it's fucking ed how do you yeah, not marry too. ed how it's do you ed. not marry ed it's 100 percent ed if you don't marry ed you're fucking this shit up okay like he's so grounded he's 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 so self-assured he fucking won't like he's uh he knows who he is he he's has successful yes he you know, fucking is himself and he makes no apologies for it and has like a level of expectation and a level of respect that he demands and commands and that's sexy as fuck yeah but also you know having you know married the girl of his dreams you know and knowing like you know because like he sees through all of the different like amounts of bullshit that make up madeline to the vulnerable you know real person that's underneath all of that and he even in spite of everything still doesn't give up on that that's pretty fucking noble i know i couldn't do that um but like that's the kind of like person i think i could aspire to be like and that's definitely the kind of person that i would want to marry not that i it's not that's not me saying i'm gonna be um unfaithful (laughs) 
No, I, I definitely am not. I am absolutely extremely happy with my relationship. Um, but yeah, like I, I want somebody who is very grounded, very realistic, knows who they are, doesn't apologize for who they are, and just literally pours the best of themselves into their relationship. And I know that's what I have. Okay, so we both want to marry Ed. Who do you want to bang and who do you want to kill? <sighs> so uh, how and, and, and there's an easy there's an easy choice i think for well okay there's not an easy one but um bonnie you bang bonnie oh my god by far we're two for two like <laughs> i mean just zoe kravitz is insanely attractive anyway um but just like you know like she's into like the fitness and like taking good care of herself with the yoga and everything like there's just real. an ease about her and like a comfortability or a comfort in her like sexuality like she's just very at home in her body and she just like is very magnetic there's something about her that draws you to her yeah even though i mean how crushing i mean even though i don't like nathan like it's still crushing when you get to that point at the end of season two where she's like i don't think i've ever been in love with you like that was fuck. fucking harsh man God, I don't that know if I hurts. believe her. I don't know either, and that's you know one of those things. We'll because talk about. They seemed they seemed good in season one, but then again, we weren't paying a whole lot of attention to them in season one and their relationship. So yeah, we we I we don't definitely know enough weren't. to say. And I mean, we definitely didn't delve into like the different layers of like her relationship with her mother, and even we get some of the relationship with her dad and and all those kinds of things. So you know, it's 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 really impossible to. It's really impossible to tell, but I mean, I guess if they ever do, if they ever do grace us with a season three, although I have no idea what that would ever fucking be about. That's what I said. So like in my stuff that I changed, I was like, I want more, but I have no idea where they could go from here. I mean, they've like, they've got, um, Shailene Woodley and Nicole Kidman both quoted as saying like, yeah, we would all definitely do it if they can align all of their schedules to do it. Which, I Which mean, is... with all of these, I mean, these are all incredibly, incredibly busy people, you know, but I mean, the stars aligned twice for it. So never say never. But what would be the story? Like now they like they walked into the police station to unravel the lie, the thing that was destroying them. Like maybe maybe, you know what I would like from this as a follow up, not another season, maybe a movie just to kind of like tie up some like you know like wrap up some storylines or maybe not even wrap up storylines but just touch Check on where they are people. where they are from here you know where where things have gone from here i mean like i said i don't like where where do you take any of these characters though you know without just plunking them back down into more traumas or more whatever you know i mean i I don't know if you make another season or another anything to this without undoing what you've already done i feel like it's very nicely wrapped up and i forgot to mention earlier i just want to say what a fucking class act that it was for celeste to send the boys over to hug mary louise at the end of that freaking custody trial like she had fucking put celeste through the ringer made everything so difficult but like you could understand where her motivation was coming from that she was worried about the boys and that was genuine and it made sense. And if she was in such denial about Perry, but then to see like she just got off the stand and realized that she might be more responsible than she ever knew. And like, she's fucking spiraling and to know that those boys are still there for her. Like that was just such a classy move. That was such a nice thing to do. Yeah. 
I fucking love that show. It's so layered, this show. It, it, I mean, it really, really is. I, I And I just... How, how do you choose just one character to kill from all of these characters? I mean, I would default to... Yeah, I would default to Perry by like by far just because yeah, Perry's of the, the trauma. Easy one. He's definitely yeah. the easy choice though. But I mean, like, like you could just as easily see yourself just like like Gordon is also just a giant piece of shit. Um, He's my pick. I picked obviously. I said Perry's the obvious one, but then my go to after that is Gordon. Yeah, either that or or I mean, Nathan is just so fucking passive aggressive. Such a such a sniveling little dick. Like, I hate Nathan so fucking I feel like he's a sniper <laughs> from the side where he always wants to look like the golden boy, but he's too insecure to actually, like, be a good person. Yeah. So he has to make other people look bad so he can feel good about himself. Yeah. It's just like, you know, I mean, or 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 you can or you can even swing a Mary Louise in there because, I mean, Jesus <sighs> Christ, that character is brutal. Like she Dude, is just some of the brutal. shit that was spouting out of her mouth where she was like victim shaming and blaming. Right? Like, oh my God. Like, she had fuck. my blood pressure going up. Yeah. Like, especially yeah, it, when she's on the stand and like, you know, <sighs> oh, oh, he must have thought that women like to be roughed up because of, you know, your relationship or like that, that passive aggressive, like oh. comment about like, oh, is this foreplay? Like when Celeste slaps her. Yeah. Like, holy oh my God. fuck, man. Like Jesus she Christ, is, <laughs> she is so much. Uh, but like, as much I, I love to hate her. Yeah, that's the only I reason really, why I really didn't do. pick her because, like, I just, I just fucking hate, hate Perry. Like, there is nothing like, and even if you, even if you put it in a bubble and just look at like the fun, I'm a monster stuff that he does with with his sons and stuff. Yeah. Like, but you're still just the biggest. Like, like to to put your hands on a woman number one but then like just like what like what a like pathetic fuck of a character just an absolutely pathetic piece of shit of a character just awful yeah so i mean it has to be perry almost for me like just by default like it almost has to be perry maybe maybe like Maybe you maybe you throw a, a wild card in there out of left field, and you throw Joseph in there or something, just for, just for like. I mean, granted, it's Reese Witherspoon, so you know, of course. Like, would you if you had an affair with Madeline, would you be able to get over it? Either probably not. <laughs> you know, I'm. Uh, I do know. Uh, I can't see myself ever having sex with a character that's like a Madeline. Yeah, well, right, exactly, but still. <laughs> But yeah, 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 I get, I get it, I get it. I get if you it. put yourself in it. Joseph's shoes, like you know, it's just like I mean, Tori or Madeline, yeah, it's easy. <sighs> Jesus, holy Tori, <laughs> Tori's fucked, man. Like Tori's a piece of fucking work, holy man. Holy shit! I mean, it like it doesn't like you know like what Joseph did, like you know, like that is absolutely. And we don't know anything else about those characters outside of that bubble, so we don't know what their marriage is like or what she brings to it or he brings to it or whatever brought to it before all that but you know i mean yeah like that's maybe that's that, that's the only way that you, you could you spin off so like focus on like the side characters and stuff yeah or something like oh my like there's gonna be a situation like she's not gonna be satisfied and she didn't get to do it with ed but there's gonna be a situation where she's literally gonna fuck other dudes in front of joseph and make him watch like that's literally going to be the way she's going to punish him is by turning him into a cuck. I totally believe that. <sighs> now, 
whether oh man their shit's twisted but i mean yeah. a lot of people's shit's twisted in this show yeah all right well that's that's everything nick thank you so much for coming on to discuss the show which i fucking love this show and i've been really excited to talk about it for a while so it's brilliant this show is absolutely brilliant but not as brilliant as you thank you oh i I I love being here to talk tv with you even when you don't like the shows that i like sometimes but that doesn't usually happen (laughs) it really doesn't like i think lost is like the only circumstance where we've had that happen so far like legit my first fucking episode with guests on it and i just fucking shit all over you it was the worst do you ever watch manifest did you watch manifest no i never watched it no me neither i heard it just got picked up for another season even after it was canceled so i'm sure dan is thrilled about it it. (laughs) uh hashtag renew gypsy oh god (laughs) well thank you so much for being here with me my love do you have anything you want to plug mention discuss um (laughs) wow fucking dan he's a disaster (laughs) i live with this guys oh my god um you know what like uh, instead of instead of just the normal plugs and 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 everything just you know be good to yourselves like Love yourselves. Put some love and some kindness and some goodness into the world. The world needs fucking more of it. Too many people are just giant pieces of shit to other people, um, which is a lot of the characters in this show are just giant pieces of shit to other people in different ways. Just, just you know, be good to yourself. Be good to other people. Just spread some love around. That's it. I fucking love that. That feels very Mr. Rogers, but in a non like corny way. Not that Mr. Rogers was corny. I mean, I said fuck. Mr. Rogers wouldn't have said fuck, probably. <laughs> Mr. Rogers would not say fuck, but Danny Tanner would. That's true. That's very, very true. What you, you can't come over here and kiss me. I'm recording. Get out of here. I'm not here to kiss you. I'm oh. here to say, uh, keep Gypsy canceled forever and remove its episodes from Netflix. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I love your I love your face so much. Well, I've got, so next month we're going to be doing, um, Dan is coming on again because I was slacking on booking a guest, but we're going to discuss 1994's Spider-Man, the animated series. Oh, wow. And then October, my buddy Drew Hallam is coming back to the pod to discuss uh, a spoopy show. I love Drew. Oh, Drew He's is such a great man. guy. I love him so, so much. Hashtag quality individual. Absolutely. And I love your face. I love you so much. I love talking to you about TV. I will always come back to talk about literally anything. Uh, And it just like, and I I mean, I know, well, I, and I know like to tangent about it probably like for the slightest bit, but like, did your heart skip a beat when Bob Odenkirk had to go to the hospital too and like collapse on the set of Uh, Better Call Saul? Like, holy fuck. Dan told me about it and I, I knew it was okay like as soon as i found out about it but yeah i was not like i was not okay yeah like and i've been watching curb your enthusiasm and he's on an episode as like a porn star and i was just like i love this man uh, like he's He's in everything he's he's such a quality fucking human like he really is and just like i like you know it's i I don't want to prioritize a tv show over someone's health like i want him to be healthy for all the people that love him and you know for his family and everything but don't Please, please, we need the rest of Better Call Saul. <laughs> desperately, absolutely desperately, I can't I'll take wait. It, I'll take it. as long as it takes to get out. I'm fine with that. Like prioritize people's health, but let's not leave it unfinished. Yeah, please, a- absolutely. I, I mean, I can't 
I can't. I don't know. When is it supposed to premiere? Like, when is season six actually Fuck supposed to come out? I know. Out? COVID fucked everything up for yeah, everybody. It's, it's true. I have no idea. Because, like, it's a year off because it was supposed to be... Because season five aired over a year ago. So season six would have aired this past spring. Yeah. However, it hasn't happened because of COVID. So they're at least a year behind in production schedule, if not more. Yeah. I mean, which is which is just frustrating but i mean you know i mean i get it at the same time too like it 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 you know covid is just the 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 merciless bitch that it is but yeah i can't wait i mean to come back and and i mean even though we've done like subsequently every year since what season three on live stream like i still can't wait to probably come back and talk about the show again like after all is said and done i'm 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 desperately waiting for better call saul to finish because rebecca's seen breaking bad but she's never seen better call saul and i kind of can't wait to watch through it again with her um because and, and granted we haven't seen the last season of it yet but like i probably like it more a little bit <laughs> like the tiniest the tiniest tiniest bit um because it's just so they're just such perfect companion pieces to one another they're so perfectly paired together um you know but i mean we haven't seen the last season yet but i trust implicitly in vince gilligan and his genius too exactly what i was gonna say he <sighs> is yet to let us down so i yeah. don't see why he would start now so, yeah i cannot wait it, literally anytime anything i will come back you know i will because just to talk to you more so than anything else Aww. i get to watch great tv too but i get to talk to you and that's its own prize to me I fucking love you. I just feel bad that we'll never be able to do your favorite TV show because I cannot fucking watch that much Simpsons. It's impossible. <laughs> I couldn't be, watch it, that much either, to be honest. It would be impossible to fucking tackle a show with that much content. I, it really would. Although, to be fair, like I, and I'm somebody who I watched it pretty faithfully up until the movie came out. And I loved the movie, but like the show had dipped in quality so much to that point. Like I just I jumped off after the movie, but Rebecca's daughter loves it loves watching it but she always watches the really new stuff um so i've been watching like episodes of like season 31 and 32 with her and they're actually pretty funny like not gonna lie like they're like i find myself laughing quite a bit at different moments so okay simpsons do your thing man that's fucking that's impressive yeah i mean it's just you know i mean uh, the humor is definitely not the same as it was when those you know i mean the seasons that i mean literally i'll i'll put up the seasons like three through ten of the simpsons against literally anything else that's ever been released in television history doesn't come close um it's not I the mean, same it's nostalgic humor. as fuck it, i'll tell you that it really is but nothing you know it's not the same kind of humor but it's it's still funny like i th- I, I, I think it is still really funny and i mean it's just i don't know it's just something i get to i get to share with rebecca's daughter which i love like you know i i, I love whenever she and i get to bond over something uh it's 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 really really amazing so oh i love that and i love you and thanks to all the people listening and uh, be good to yourselves be good to each other don't be a dick like nathan That's please it. don't be a dick like nathan <laughs> don't be a dick like nathan <laughs> later motherfuckers <laughs>
When everything I do is wrong You give me love and consolation You give me hope to carry on You smile, the world is brighter. You touch my hand, and I'm a king. 